Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. ESPN 690 and Action Sports Shacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! But what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love, really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Man, I feel the love. You know who misses us today? Aaron Schachter? Schachter does. He wants to be in here. He does. He's got like, he's on like hurricane coverage. He's in meetings. Yeah. Ah, oh, man, this job stinks sometimes. Yeah, and then if you're the public, you should be worried that's the guy making decisions for you know, the programming. <laughs> but, like, outside of that, yeah, that guy is busy, and we're just talking sports. What a moment. Uh, so, anyway, he stopped by, but poor guy. Had to go. Everybody's on hurricane alert. Headed back to the office. Um, we are, Brent. We, uh, we are going to get, I, I said this earlier in the show, football at five, by the way, and I've got, I want to flex the Jags game, and I've got projections coming up, all right? Oh, yes. I did, I did math today. That's how bullish I oh, am. Oh, this was you? Oh, it was me. I did it. Oh. Yeah. I thought this was another one of those yeah. random emails you received. No, I sent you an email, and I did it. Okay. I was like, it got me thinking, especially like Christian Kirk's numbers. I was like, well, wait a minute now. What's this look like? And so I'll, I'll tell you what it looks like in just a couple moments, but... Obviously, fun we got projections. Hurricane, that's what I labeled it, fun projections. They are fun. Hurricane uh, Ian fun. is uh, building and building and building, and uh, it looks like the west coast of Florida is really going to take the brunt of it, but uh, we could be in for uh, quite a bit of it as well come, what, Thursday into Friday. I think it's the timetable. Uh, I will not play meteorologist Mike Burrish and his team do that pretty well. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you want the latest updates, obviously CBS 47, Fox 30, uh, the news is on right now. And also 104.5 WOKV. Uh, certainly make your plans. Be safe. Uh, take it seriously. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with weather? Uh, we get it. But uh, this uh, from a rain standpoint, I think even from the wind standpoint uh, and and some other standpoints from an electricity, all that. Uh, could be an event of some kind uh, later in the week. So, And what it will do to some of the football and sports, I think, is interesting. Uh, Florida State, Florida have issued statements saying games on as of now, but logistical problems could occur with those games. Could they could push by a day? Could they get canceled and postponed until later in the season? They're going to have to make those kind of calls early because this storm is actually heading all the way up like through Georgia and into the Carolinas. Yeah, yeah. we'll have slowed down a bunch. But how will the travel be impacted, I think, is something to keep an eye on. High school football. Uh, we do a lot of high school football coverage on Friday. At this stage, I can't imagine we're going to have the normal coverage of high school football the way this storm is taking shape. I'm not sure if people will miss school. And if they miss school and cancel school, they're canceling activities after school. And uh, we already have 
Providence and University Christian move up their game from Friday to tomorrow nice. at 7 o'clock. And then we have Episcopal and Bowles moving their game to 4 o'clock on Wednesday. So they're trying to get in front of it. Should be a good game. Instead of behind it. Uh, and, and we'll have some makeups. A lot of teams, I think Yuli's playing tonight. A lot of teams, what they do in the high school season, if, if you don't play on a Friday or you got to make up a game, they play actually on Monday, which is a quick turnaround. It really is. Now, yeah. Yuli, I don't think, played Friday. They had an open date. And so they were making this one up from earlier in the year, and they're playing on Monday. Uh, the other scenarios that I just gave you are actually they're taking this coming Friday's game and moving it up a couple of days to try to get it in so they don't have scheduling problems. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep you updated as much as possible. Check out social media um, on the sports end of it, and then you know where to find that Mike Barish and company uh, on the weather side on uh, 104.5 WOKV. Here on the radio side in CBS 47 and Fox 30. Brent Arnold, Casey Kurtz, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. Man, we've had a lot of fun today uh, talking about this latest win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're 2-1, 38-10. 62-10 to 10 is really the story to me over the last two weeks. Maurice Jones-Drew, he was awesome. Uh, make sure you check it out on the podcast, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Rasheen Mathis, he was awesome. Check it out. Uh, what he's saying about Tyson Campbell, the secondary, Josh Allen, and more. Uh, you can always go look back on YouTube and the podcast, uh, make sure you subscribe and download it. So I bring up flexing a game. The Jags are exciting. Like, they're fun. See, there's a difference between being a good football team and being a fun football team. And the Jags are a little of both right now. And who knows how it's going to stay or how long it's going to stay. But if they go put on a show with Philadelphia, it doesn't even have to be a win. If they put on a show and they're entertaining, Casey, I think you're going to get the TV execs. NBC and ESPN and, oh, uh, what are they, Amazon now, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yes. And you're going to get the schedule makers. I don't know if they'll actually flex any Thursday night games. They don't do that. I think it's just Sunday. And, and I think Monday has the option to be flexed now. But you might get the Jags in prime time a second time this year if things go well. And they could match him up with a game down the road, right? Yeah, you've got all the components to do so, coach and quarterback and a good team. And they've not had a ton of opportunities to show off Trevor Lawrence, their number one overall pick if you're the NFL, uh, from a couple of years ago. And, by the way, back-to-back -back number one overall picks. So you got an opportunity to show those guys off, potentially, if you find the right matchup. Obviously, Kansas City is an interesting one. Some of the other teams from the West might not be as good. Uh, obviously, you're not going to change the game in London. So, uh, Kansas City is one I look at. And then as you get later in the season, if you got playoff implications, absolutely. But you would think that if Trevor continues on this path, a, a path that at the end of the season might end up with some awards, like you would have to get him in prime time somewhere along the line. And, Brian, 17, wasn't the Seattle game flexed to four? Or was it already It was, four? yeah. And, and to be honest with you, like in our warped world, I'm just not sure I count like the four o'clock flex as like a real flex, but it does happen. Well, I mean, if you go from, It becomes know, like the game of the week on Fox. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. if you end up with uh, uh, Nance and Romo. I get cool. it, but I, I think uh, around here... People are like, I want the primetime flex. And I'm with that. We've been flexed off the primetime game in 18 with the Steelers. Yeah. Lost that one. That's right. And uh, I've got one for you. In the middle of December, kind of right before Christmas, if the Cowboys rescue their season, that comes back. Sure. The Jags-Cowboys flex because you got a big market team. Now, I don't know how many times the Cowboys are already on. Like, they're on Monday night, and they're usually on a shoot four or five times anyway from a rating standpoint. Yeah. So maybe it's too many. Others are suggesting maybe a Baltimore-Jacksonville flex. That would be awesome. That's uh, like late November. Yo, that would be sick because Lamar. 
So I don't know how many times Lamar's on prime time. Yeah. But also, if the Giants are actually good. Well, that's too soon, though. You think? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it could happen that quick. In fact, I don't know what the rules are. They've moved up the rules. Remember, there was a time where you could only flex like the last few weeks. I, we, we haven't had to worry about this, so we don't even look at the rules. Yeah. <laughs> now the rules come into play a little bit. But they might. I mean, they might. I mean, again, we're going crazy here, uh, which is a cool thing to do three weeks into the season. It's awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, even the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, let's say the Cowboys win tonight. They're 2-1. and one, And the Cowboys kind of work their way through, and they're in the mix. And then Dak comes back, and maybe they win two games right away when Dak comes back. And now you got a Jags team that's sitting there that's in the mix, and you got a Cowboys team, and they're both kind of playing exciting football, especially from the offensive end. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know what else is going on that week, but maybe. Yeah. Possibility. So, honestly, I don't want them to be flexed because it just messes around with my schedule. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they're worried about you. <laughs> also, at the uh, end of the season, if you come down to Tennessee for the division, if it comes I, down to that. I thought about Tennessee. Derrick Henry could get away with. It's a division. But it's just, I just don't think the division battles in the AFC South are sexy enough for anybody to say, yeah, I really want this. That's why they, used, they stick that on Thursday night all the time because it's like, yeah, we'll put somebody on Thursday. True. Yeah, i give you that. I mean, they were on Thursday like five years in a row. Yeah, I mean, if you can, I mean, if, if if Tennessee turns it around and the and the Jags are pretty good and you got double digit wins and all that, then maybe it's a better storyline. But you never know. So uh, we'll see. Uh, just uh, really getting way ahead of ourselves, which just for fun. Why not? I mean, come on, you can't talk about this stuff every year in Jacksonville. Never. Not in September. Speaking of getting ahead of yourself, Brett statted out the whole team for the rest of the year. I did. I'm trying to find it. Uh, you've got it. I've got it. What do you so, want? So just go right down the list. So here's what I did. I. Well, it's a 17-game season now, and the Jags are off to a heck of a start numbers-wise. In fact, spit me out a statistic that you love. Spit me one here in football at five. We got tons of them. Like Trevor Lawrence, really good. The defense, really good. Yes. Like every, no- every number metric looks good for the Jags. Give me a bad one. I don't have one. Uh, I don't have one for you. Hey. <laughs> like, I don't have one. The go-to that has been bad, hasn't even brought up in weeks, but I'll bring it up in a good way. We don't talk about the kicker anymore. We don't. I've got him on my projection list. He's 7 of 8. Go yes, down the you email. You do have him on your I, projection I put list. Riley Patterson on my projection list and watch. This is how well I know the numbers after doing the research. Brent Sports Bureau. All right? Mm-hmm. The, the team record for field goals in a season, 45 by Mike Hollis. He also kicked 41. Josh Scobie kicked 41 on two occasions. It's the only time yes. that a kicker has hit 40-plus field goals in Jags history. Scobie and Hollis, two occasions. Well, right now, Riley Patterson, because he's 23 and 22-yard chip shots, they can't get in the end zone. If that continues to be a problem and he continues to kick it well, well, he's 7 for 8 and on pace to be about 40 for 45 this season. He could hit the 40 mark. Yes, he could. Even the kicker gets Even in this Even the kicker, game. who wasn't on the team for barely at all. And Even was, that move has paid off. I know. I mean, what is going on and in It's Jackson? crazy that they got to that point. There's like eight different dudes here, and they end up with Patterson. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, I'll go down the list for you. Trevor Lawrence, you have him projected as 4,350 yards passing, 34 touchdowns, and six interceptions. 34 and six? That's the oh, projection. Oh, oh. Imagine that. Can you imagine that? 
He's six and one by the you see this stat speaking of stats. Patrick Mahomes and, and Trevor, the only quarterbacks with at least six touchdowns and only one pick in the National Football League after three weeks. It's a good league. Projected out 34 and six. Can you imagine if his numbers look anything close to that? Not really. We'll be Me wild we won't have to talk about him talking anymore, which we've, we've stopped that, by the way. 34 touchdowns still wouldn't be the franchise record. That's Blake Bortles. He has 35. He also has 4,400 passing yards. That, too, is the franchise record for yards. And if you want to check history, a lot of people are going to point to that fantastic season from David Garrard. Where, but he only played 12 games that year. Started 12 games, if I, if I saw that number correctly. Which that's, I don't remember. That was right before I got here. Um, and so he had 12 games. And three picks. So anybody who had 15 games plus, the best mark for lowest interception is actually a mark. Mark Brunel in 2002 when he played 15 games, not the entire season, but 15 of them, and threw seven interceptions. So other than that, it's really hard to find a player that played a complete game, that uh, complete season, that didn't throw at least 10 interceptions for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, maybe this is the one. If the math is math, and James Robinson, you haven't projected uh, if it continues on this pace, thirteen or one thousand three hundred yards. Look at the touchdowns. Oh, look at the touchdowns. Twenty-two or twenty-three <laughs> touchdowns, depending on this the math. is receiving and running combined. Yeah, total He's got touchdowns. four through three games. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know what the thing about it is, like, I don't. I'm I'm not agreeing with you, but at the same time, the way that they want to play. As would have James getting into the end zone a lot? I don't think he's going to score 22, 23 touchdowns. Of course but not. 1,300 yards and like he's, a 12 yeah. to 14 touchdown season after this start might not be out of the realm, Casey. Like, no, he I'm could have him. that kind of year. He could. I'm with you on the touchdowns. I think James is going to, once they figure out how to play a little bit in the red zone, I think they'll just start giving it to him consistently, and he's, I think he's going to rack up the touchdowns. So I'm with you on that. I threw this one in for fun. Travis Etienne, he's over 1,000 yards total offense, and I don't think he's done anything. Yeah, not a lot. If he projects right now the way he's going, he would still have 1,100 yards of total offense. Yeah. Doesn't feel that way, right? Not really. But he's going to go off, by the way, the next couple weeks. One of these times you watch. It's going to pop. I I absolutely agree with you. It's going to pop. Christian Kirk? Oh, give me Christian Kirk right here. 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns. (laughs) I paid too much for him. (laughs) Look at all those yards, 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns. He's on pace for He's a consistent guy now. Six catches, six catches, six catches in the first three games. Well, that's easy math. That's pretty simple. Yeah. And so, uh, by the way, franchise record for the Jags, Jimmy had 1636 and uh, Allen Robinson 1,400 yards. Jimmy's 1636. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think. But, again, remember, you get the extra game. Yeah. You know. And Christian Kirk, a guy that's never even gone over 1,000 yards in a season. So 1,500 as the projection is. And he would be only the fifth. Oh, no, I'm sorry. If he gets double-digit touchdowns, he'd be only the fifth player in franchise history to do that for the Jags. Uh, This would be a good trivia question. It would be because I'm I'm stumped. Well, I'm looking at it, but I would have been stumped. This would have been tough to do. It's not Jimmy Smith. He's not even on the list. He's not. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Mercedes Lewis, and Reggie Williams on that list. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones, by the way, on pace to come close to 1,000. That would be wild. If he's at 980, then they'll get him the 1,000. Yes. Right? Like, if if Zay Jones, that's how, by the way, like Christian Kirk, again, 1,500 is a lot of yards. But the way that you know things are, are clicking 
is Zay Jones, who when they signed him, we were like, depth play? You know what I mean? Like, we weren't sure what the play was. If he gets 1,000 yards, things are things are thinging. <laughs> things are thinging. <laughs> I like it. Uh, how about defense? They're on pace for 43 turnovers and 40 sacks. So just for comparison, where there's a lot of 2017, they had 37 turnovers that year. It's hard to believe. I think they scored eight touchdowns that season. That, that might have included the play- playoffs. That's a wild stat. And 55 sacks. They had 55 sacks. And Dewan Smoot in his news conference brought that up because he was asked, I think, by Gene Fournette, Compare, does it anything remind you? And he said, well, our pass rush actually does remind. We haven't had the 10-sack game. Remember, they had a 10-sack game, I think, on two occasions. The opener against Houston and, I want to say, Indianapolis. They sacked the quarterback yes. 10 times in each of those games. And they were on a pace at one time here in Saxonville to – break the uh, league record for sacks. Mm-hmm. I think Pittsburgh has it, and they were on pace, and then it kind of slowed toward the end of the year. Well, people probably game-planned around it, right? Uh, you might have to with that many. But, yeah, I mean, to me, like, don't get me wrong, a lot of these are, I think, uh, they're, they're fun, right, as you said in the title. Uh, the defense one might be reasonable and obtainable and maybe eclipsing your numbers, just because I think – I think it's impossible in week three to, to say this is how good they are. Like, they're going to get better, and they're already really good. Like, the defensive stats might be incredible. Yeah, he. I just think that 43 turnovers seem like it would be so hard to keep that up what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, but. I'm talking like this. Yeah, I, but I think, let's be honest, if they had 20 turnovers, we're going nuts. Well, to be honest, well, Listen, 17 games, even if they do two turnovers a game, which is a feasible average, yeah. especially with the start they have, I mean, 34 turnovers would be pretty dang good. In fact, that's really close to what they did in 2017. Yeah. Again, you get the extra game. So some of these numbers. The sacks, though, are the one. You're not getting that many sacks. Not, not 50, it. but like 40, like with your number, with 40. Yeah, 40 plus sacks would be huge. That is. Two years ago, I think, I think the Jags had 18 sacks in a season. That is Brutal. That's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And and add to it, they probably had like 12 turnovers that year. Right. Last year they had, I forget how many sacks, but nine turnovers. So now, I mean, again, there's kind of, you're marrying these numbers together. Once you put them together and you're like in the 30-30 club for both, you're having a hell of a year. And on top of it, they're stopping the run right now. So if that trend continues and they look like they're going to be pretty stout against the run. Now, that's something I noticed yesterday. They tried to stretch it out with Eckler. This defense is fast, man, against the run. Yes. Like, you're not getting to that outside. 100%. I think this game's fascinating against the Eagles, and we'll talk a lot about it from a physical standpoint. Because the Jags, I think, on both sides of the ball have speed. They have some quickness to them. They have agility to them. And I do think they can play physical on the defensive side of the ball. I don't look at their offense and say, well, that's a physical offense. I, I just don't look at it that way outside of James. But Philly is. Like, yeah. Philly's going to bring it to the alley, and they can. And that's what I would do if I were them against the Jags. Like, I wouldn't worry about Hurts airing it out. And I'd just try to beat them up at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying they can do that, but I, w- I would test the Jags in that department. But it's a different style game, in my opinion. Even, like, the Chargers had good defense, good players, but good playmakers, and that relates to speed and agility and those kind of things more so than it does I'm going to beat the heck out of you, right, at, at, at the line. Yes. And um, 
Philly has the ability to do that, especially on offense. They can control the game, I think, with their physicality on offense. Be interesting to see if they try to do it. And, and now with those receivers, they're letting it fly, too. How crazy is it that you come off a game playing Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and you're like, nobody would have told you that if you were more worried about Jalen Hurts than Justin Herbert, that they'd believe you if you said that like early in the season. And now here we are. After you dominated Justin Herbert's yeah. team, and now you're like, oh, but we got Jalen Hurts. Like, you know what I mean? It's such a character development on that front. But also, the NFL, I know you got rules against the flex. This would be the game. Everybody wants to see the Eagles play right now. Oh, this would be a great game. And, yeah. yeah. I, know they, I know it's physically impossible. But, like, you know, break the rules. They're meant to be broken. Well, somebody said, uh, let me just double-check the schedule. Somebody, I saw this on Twitter earlier today, and I didn't, I was just taking their word for it. But well, That's uh, dangerous. Well, that's why I'm looking it up right now to confirm. It's less dangerous. Not a kid. That's why this is, you're just going to hang on. It wouldn't mess up your schedule, though, Brent. I understand you're, you know, you're a busy guy. You got TV shows. Go oh, ahead. Okay, so Hurricane coming. Chiefs and Bucks on Sunday Night Football. Somebody suggested, hey, that game might have to move a little bit because of the hurricane. Yeah. Jags and Eagles, Sunday Night Football flex. Boom. Yeah. How about that? That would be great. That would not be good because we don't want that game on NBC. Don't move it, NFL. We want that game on CBS 47, Fox 30. Right. We're taking the boom away. Forget the boom. We don't want that flex game. We're just back to regular. Screw NBC Sunday night football. No. No. Listen, you say what you got to say. All right. Sorry, Brent. We need some primetime games here. NBC, Amazon, ESPN. I don't care. True TV. Put them on at night. March Madness situation. Not, if uh, we have a Sunday night game, that'll be a tough get back, another late turnaround, but we have plenty of time for Monday morning madness. You're built different, right? You'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be okay. If you made it from L.A., like I said to Amanda before you guys had left yesterday, I was like, the show starts in 12 hours and Brent is in Los Angeles. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and you made it. a wild it's a wild Sometimes thing. you got to think about those things. It's like, holy cow. I mean, How does that stuff happen? I know. She like was like, does that work? I'm like, yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And then you were, you, when we were amazing. texting, when you had the Wi-Fi on, on the nice plane, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, texting with Brian, he said he's going to do something at the station before. She's like, he's not going home? I was like, no, he's <laughs> yeah. going home. I do but. think about that when I travel. Sometimes I didn't last night, but now that you put it in context, like even if you're going on a vacation, I'm like, this morning I was in Jacksonville, and like this afternoon I was in Dallas for a little bit. Yeah. And now I'm in Arizona. It's a wild thing. Like, that's a wild. You can be in all three of those places. That's going to be us when we head to the Super Bowl. I don't know if we show. appreciate that stuff sometimes. We take it for granted. Yeah. Yet, and we still want, like, the, the what are those things called? We want to be teleported. So we can even move faster. Tell you what, that is a train. Yeah, Jetson say it's going to happen. <laughs> I saw a great tweet the other day. I read it good. about the Jetsons, like how much they have predicted that has happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I wasn't a big Jetsons fan, but I thought the tweet was pretty good. Really? Not a Jetsons fan? Nah. Flintstones, not Jetsons. Flintstones were really, yeah, I like the Flintstones. Yeah, Flintstones way better than the Jetsons. I, My I sister liked the Jetsons. So that made you dislike them? Nah, not really. It's just... Flintstones were elite. There's no doubt. I have a Game Boy game that I still play the Flintstones. I still can't beat it. This has got to be the toughest game ever made. You can play the Flintstones in Game Boy? Yes. And you still play Game Boy? Very rarely, I sometimes play Pokemon because Pokemon on Game Boy is elite. Anybody listening understands. When was the last time they made Game Boy? Oh, uh, 10 years at the minimum, 15 maybe. Is it so it's that old now? Yes. Yeah. But I still have my little red one. 
And I, I occasionally play Flintstones, and I occasionally play Pokemon. All right. Hey, we go. got more football at five. Send me a stat. Well, we already got some in. What's your favorite stat so far? Three weeks into the Jags. Spit out a stat to us here at football at five. Brett Martin, Casey Kurtz, Brent and Friends, ESPN 690. We got overtime with Kurtz and Milton coming up top of the hour. And don't forget, Jamal Agnew, come on out to Sneakers. Jags report live. We're going to have a fun show tonight. So check it out at the beach, 7 o'clock, or you can watch on Fox 30. We'll be right back. start from scratch this offseason. Uh, the way these guys have worked to get themselves ready, our coaching staff has put us in unbelievable situations to be successful. Um, and you just we got a lot of we got a lot of competitors, a lot of dogs all over the all over the field and it's, it's been fun. Well it's been fun so far. <laughs> I said that to Doug Peterson he was leaving the stadium and I saw him and I said uh, that was fun. Or I said it was fun to watch. He said it was fun to be a part of there you go. Was it very measured, though? Like, nothing like... I, I think... Uh, was it Rasheen? Or I think it was Maurice Jones who said this earlier today here on the program. As like, everybody gets excited, but in the locker room, they're like, yeah, this is what we expected. Right. Well, and, and Maurice wasn't saying, I can't believe everybody gets so excited. He's just saying there's a little bit difference. Like, Doug Peterson expects to win. The guy's won before. These guys, a lot of them think they're good and expected to win. Problem with us around here is we're so scarred, and we have no idea if they're any good until they prove it to us. And what this football team is doing is exactly what we asked. Show us. And in the first few weeks, they showed us. They have. And the way to reciprocate that now is now you believe in it. And now we'll see if it can stay. I really wish, I said this this morning on Monday Morning Madness, I wish the Jags had a home game this week. Yeah. It would be cool. Just to see, because I'm starting to feel it build. A little bit. Uh, I, I think this was a very reserved town this entire offseason about what was going on. Uh, there's reason for that. Uh, they Their expectation was definitely tempered about what was going on. And we almost looked at this thing as like, please just take a step back to relevance. But we know you're not going to be great. Compete I mean, a little bit. Yeah, but we're all talking six, maybe a seventh win, right? So how do you get a fan base super excited about saying, yeah, I think they're going to win six or seven and we're going to be happy with that? Like, that's not a super excited fan base. Well, when you start 2-1 and one and you go out west and you win a game and you win the way you're winning, well, that gets people more excited faster and on board, and that's all it takes. This place is ready to pounce mm -hmm. as soon as the Jags are ready to win and look like this. And maybe this team is ready to win and has arrived a little bit quicker. We just don't know that. Can you imagine if they beat the Eagles, though? Really? Because then you come home to play Houston? Holy cow. I mean, can you imagine if they beat the Eagles? The way the Eagles look right now. Yeah, I mean, it would, it would be, uh, it'd be incredible because you'd also be beating them at full strength. So that argument would go off the table. I've seen that on Twitter today from the, the six Chargers fans there are. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'd be something now because the Eagles, they up there in the top two in the power rankings in the NFL. There's and they no should doubt. be. They should, they're great. There's no doubt. And you go on the road in Philadelphia. Brandon, I was going to tell you, be careful in the pregame show. People might throw stuff at you. They, they threw stuff <laughs> at Santa Claus. So, like, be careful out there. But um, it, would be, it would be an incredible it'd be an incredible win. We're going to talk about the Eagles game a lot this week. But, I mean, I kind of say, can they beat the Eagles? Like, I don't feel like they're outclassed roster-wise as I do in some other spots. Like, 
I said that about even the Chargers, like a healthy Chargers team. I thought they might be outclassed. As you look at it, no, nah, I don't think so. Even if they were healthy, that would have been a heck of a football game. And I think the Jags would have won. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do. The Chiefs, I would say, yeah, I mean, they're just at a different stage. See, the Eagles aren't that different of a stage. They, they surprised some people last year. But they're still trying to find – they are not a proven commodity no. by any sense of the imagination. So maybe they're closer to the Eagles than – even though the Eagles are playing really well. I think the one thing that is proven for them – well, the, the main thing, at least, that comes to my mind is their offensive line. It's very good. And that'll be an, an interesting matchup with the Jags' pass rush. Obviously, we just talked about it. They're very good at that. And the Eagles are very good at their offensive line. So I think that'll be an intriguing matchup at this point in the season. And then the thing with Jalen Hurts, like, he's been great for three games. But to the points you've made in the offseason and last year, like, there are times where he doesn't look great. And if you get that Jalen Hurts, all bets are off. Yeah, I do love that the Eagles won and didn't lose. Like, you at least get a three. I'd rather have the 3-0 and Eagles than the 2-1 and Eagles. You know what I mean? Sure. Because sometimes that, that loss wakes you up. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they're an unbeatable football team. And they uh-huh. might be that team this year, though. Who knows? We, you never know. They might. They have a lot of juice right now. Like, I think the Jags have a lot of juice right now. I think they feel really good about themselves. But I think the Eagles really feel themselves <laughs> right now, you know? Yeah. They're like, because they're just, they're beating up people. I mean, they mm-hmm. are pouncing people. They are. And the quarterback's playing well. They crushed the Vikings. Yes. Who else did they beat? Vikings and obviously yesterday the Commanders, but who else? Uh, week one. Would it have been in East? What, was it the Cowboys? Giants? No. I'll I can't remember that. who they beat in week one. And I'm just wondering if they crushed them, too, because right now it's not even close between the Eagles and everybody. It feels like it was a crushing because um, I have Jalen Hurts in multiple fantasy leagues, and I remember the— Oh, it was the it was the game with the Lions, but they scored 40. Yeah, they were up big. They were up big. Big, and then they kind of let them back cover in. cover for the ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they scored 40. On the road, by the way. Yeah, to start the year. So— uh, I do think three out of four on the road is a tricky deal, too, for the Jags. Like, the way that starts, it catches up after a while. Um, they handled this one well. But it does catch up to you. Three out of four, I think, is a challenge. Yeah. We'll for, see. For some teams. Uh, we'll see if it is for this one. I think, it's, I think it's a good team, though, for the Doug Peterson part of it. Like, I've said that since the beginning. He's going to yeah. will them to a win against Philly. I said that when I thought they weren't going to be this good. I feel even better about that. Yeah. I, I tell you one thing I feel better about, like from an X's and O's standpoint, I'll take our guy every Sunday right now. Mm-hmm. I, it's just amazing. Just amazing. It, Haven't seen that. It's also amazing that the guy, I don't want to say got passed up by every team because that's not correct. He kind of did. But There's like t- 10 openings this year. Any of those teams could have hired him before the Jags did because they didn't jump on it right away. Like if you hired a coach – like Denver, like Denver's got to be looking at it. Like, how did we, how did we mess this up? Like they might believe in Hackett. I, you know, hopefully the ownership does. Right. I know the fans don't, I follow a few Denver fans. They're furious, but like you look at what's going on with Jacksonville. You're like, how did we miss on this? The guy won a Super Bowl. And everyone just was like, nah, we'll go hack it. Well, like, what are we doing? I would say even around here, you could say how did it take so dang long? Oh no, I'm, I'm with that for sure. But now I'm looking at the other teams. Like, what were you doing? But isn't the story only had one interview? Like it was Chicago or Minnesota, one of the two. Right. That's why I'm saying like not everybody passed up on him, but like they missed the opportunity to just talk to him. Well, why wouldn't you? That's what that's what I'm getting at, Brent. I don't I don't understand it. Well, at we all. didn't listen. We said it from day one. We liked Doug Peterson around here from day one. We thought in the first week it had to be Caldwell or Peterson, and Caldwell didn't seem to be 
I, I guess, as interested or he wasn't going to get yeah. it as age. So instead, they got Caldwell as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> right. <laughs> a different one. Yes. And that's worked out well, too. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, as you go back, I mean, we're going to be a lot of stories on Peterson. There should be a lot of conversation right now on Peterson. And maybe when this thing is rewritten at the end of the year or even down the road a little bit, you're going to look back at this hiring process all around the league. And there were like 10 openings at the end of the day, I believe, how it shook out. Mm-hmm. And maybe two teams brought in Doug Peterson. Like, you better start thinking about where your process is. Yeah. Because this, this is apparent right away. The guy can coach. He's a parent, right? And he's a nice guy, so it's not like he's toxic guy. No, he fi- he fixed the toxic. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think like, what, what they asked there to like what they asked him to do is significantly more than the Vikings asked their new coach to do or Denver. Like nobody asked their team, like, hey, you just had a horrible, awful disaster. No, because the Raiders went to the playoffs. It was maybe toxic, but like nobody had it like this. And Doug was like, "Nah, it's cool. By week three, it'll be fine. I'll clean it up. Everyone will have ice cream. The roster will be ten times better, and we'll be two and one when nobody expected us to win these games." Hey, how about Zay Jones yesterday? I uh, had a chance to catch up with Zay Jones in the locker room. Ten catches, eighty-five yards. It's a career high for catches. He was on eleven targets. This guy can run now, and he's done some of the dirty work early on. So is Marvin Jones, and they rewarded both of them yesterday. But especially Zay Jones, the latest receiver to pop in this Doug Peterson offense, and that rapport with Trevor Lawrence looks good with number seven. I think Doug's been phenomenal. Um, different style of coaching than I was used to, but everyone's different. Everyone has their quirks, per se, or whatever, and I feel like this team has really bought into what he's selling. Um, when he installs plays and when Chris installs plays, they show us the why and they try to give us every tool to be successful. You know, and they, they work tirelessly. I mean, these guys are going home 11.30, midnight, back home to their families, so to see it pay off, I know it means a lot for them, and it means a lot to us as players, knowing that we have a coaching staff that's trying to give us every availability and poss- possibility to win. They, uh, Trevor was 19 for his last 22. I mean, can you guys feel that rhythm happening on offense? Yeah, that's solid. Um, I think some people call that the zone, and I feel like he was really in it. Um, he felt very in tune. Um, Trevor had a great week of practice, so that's no surprise that it, it carried over. It doesn't always guarantee a win, but it's really good when you can see the process of what you've done throughout the week come to fruition on Sunday and, and, and be dominant. And I think our uh, Coach Field did an amazing job with our O-line, tight ends, and the run game. And, I mean, look, look at our two backs, man, the three backs that we have. I mean, they did a phenomenal job. I mean, I think James is stout. He's a great, great player. I don't think anyone could take that away from him. I mean, having Travis healthy, coming in, catching screens, you know, I don't know all the technicalities of all the terms that they're doing back there, but, I mean, like, it's exciting, exciting to be a part of. Well, you just said it. I mean, you can go down the list. I mean, you and Christian and Ingram and Marvin and Travis and James. I mean, there's a lot. Of, when you guys unveiled this thing in camp or even earlier, is this how you kind of saw it happening? I know a lot of people were weary because we had a lot of parts, but they didn't, they didn't see it connecting. I think as a unit, I'd be lying if I said I didn't I didn't see it at first, but I got to see it faster than what the outside people do. And when I start started seeing it coming together and like, this is how I'm going to be used. This is how Christian's going to be used. This is how Mar's going to be used. And this is how we're going to work in fluidity with each other. This is how our tight ends are going to be involved. And we're going to be a run team if we need to. We're going to be a pass team, deep shots, intermediate, short game, mix it up, whatever it is. 
and you look around and you're like, wait, we actually have the pieces to do this. It's not just lip service. So yeah. I'm grateful, like I said before, just to be a part of it. We have not seen a lot of W's and a lot of scoring and offense like this over the years. Are you starting to feel the, the confidence bloom even internally? I mean, because I'm sure in town it's starting sure, to yeah. grow. I want to believe in that. Um, you can never get too high, never get too low. I think it's important to kind of keep yourself even kill. Um, but we're definitely going to celebrate this and enjoy this. It's, just, it's hard to win this league, and, and we, we flew across the nation to get it, and we did it, and now we're going to bring it back home. So definitely going to cherish it. We know in the next few hours after it's gone, we have another tough opponent who's playing very, very well right now. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let that be. You guys are pretty good, though, huh? Yeah, I'm excited for it. Are you excited for it? I'm pretty excited. There you go. Some of the best I've seen around yeah, here. Yeah, there you go, man. It's good. <laughs> Thanks, man. I like your suit jacket. <laughs> appreciate you. I like Zay Jones. Even he, like my suit jacket. He too. likes you. <laughs> I mean, uh, nice guy and another good signing by Trent Bulky and Doug Peterson. And we're all like, what? I'll be honest with you. I said it. I said it. I said DJ. Like, I didn't know enough about Zay Jones, but I'll give you two instances on the Zay Jones signing. One, I thought, well, why didn't you just bring DJ Chark back for some of that money mm -hmm. and see what you got? Because... I was still afraid that DJ Chark goes and you're losing a talent that was homegrown. Right. Right? And so why don't you just see one more year on a show-me deal and you don't even have to go spend three years, $24 million. Well, the other part of it is, and I remember asking in the building, I said, I'm still a little confused at how this is working. I get Christian Kirk. I get Marvin Jones is still here. And at the time, they had a LaVisca Chanel still here. And who else? Was anybody else there? Agnew. Well, you added Ingram, and you got Agnew. I just said... I guess Treadwell was there. Oh, Treadwell was still there. But I was more thinking like the Ingram, because I knew he'd be out wide a lot. You know, and I mean, he, he's going to go run uh, routes. And I said, well, where does Zay Jones fit into this? And Zach was one of our top three guys. I mean, boom, matter of fact. Good. He's a top three guy. Nice. And, and in my mind, I hadn't seen enough of Zay Jones to know... I'm not convinced he wasn't a better option than LaVisca Chanel at right. that time, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I'm being completely honest. And, by the way, LaVisca with a touchdown the other day. Yeah, you saw that? Uh, so, well, he took off. But Zay Jones gives them the speed threat. And that's what, I mean, they told me that day in the building, too. It was like, boom. Get, and he takes, he can take the top off. Mm. And he also can allow them to do a lot of stuff underneath while he's taking the top off. So it's, uh, it's a nice element. Had a big day. Ten catches, a career high. I asked for uh, spit out some stats on this beautiful three-week stretch for the Jags. Uh, Devin Lloyd leads in NFL in pass breakups with six, says Patrick. That's a good stat. Joe Montero says, uh, Montoro, excuse me, discipline penalties are way down. Now, he doesn't give a stat, but I'll give you the stat. They led the league in week one with 13 penalties. Last okay. week, they had three Good. This past week, they had two. Going for one this week, baby. That is coaching. Like yes, penalties can coaching. be When you start with 13, that can be a problem, mm -hmm. like a big problem. It was last year. And it doesn't look like it's a problem. That's coaching, details, mm -hmm. and a big, big growth from week one to so far these last couple of weeks. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. We put a bow on the show, Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton coming up. And it's Casey's favorite segment of the show to put a bow on it because he wants to participate and give you one thing when we come back on ESPN 690. Hi, 
right, here's the deal now. We've had a hell of a Monday. We have. Sorry. I had to co-sign. Yeah, no, no problem. I mean, I, well, just, I mean, that was I wasn't waiting on that. It was just a pregnant pause of, I just want everybody to soak that in on your way home as you yeah, get to it. see the family and eat some dinner soak and it. flip on Fox 30 at 7 o'clock for Jags Report Live and Jamal Agnew's going to join us from Sneakers. Or maybe you're on your way out to the beach and you can stop by, say hello to Jamal. You could. I almost forgot my car didn't start this morning, by the way. Almost. Going to get a new car tomorrow. <laughs> maybe. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give away the secrets yet. They might be listening. Uh, they very, they, they, already they got really shot might be listening. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, dead car in the driveway is how the day started. Got to get rid of that car. Yeah, you know, I'm with you, man. I mean, listen, Chip has done a lot of good things. But leaving that car to you is not one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. wasn't the best move we've ever made <laughs> as a family, as a team effort. But, listen. Sometimes the cars just go, you know? You know, and the crazy part is mom wants it back. Mom's like, oh, I'll drive it. I'm like, Mom. You know, there's well-documented problems. But, you know, I told her, I'm like, maybe it's me, right? Maybe the car doesn't love me the way that I tried to love it. I got it new tires. I got it a new battery. Did I break the door? Potentially. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've shown the car love, and it didn't love me. But my mom's like, well, it might love me. So I was like, Mom, you take it. You, you take it back, Mom. All right, Mom. Give it some love. Uh, Brent Martin, Casey Kurtz, give me one thing. Casey, what you got? Yeah, so I've been sitting on this for a while. So, Devin Lloyd, I'm infatuated by it, right? The stats, the way he plays, everything. So, I'm, like, trying to find a comparison Ooh. for Devin Lloyd. And I'm, like, looking. And I'm looking, to be honest, with no real, um, no real answers. Didn't come up with one I liked until I stumbled on this one. Now, they call it overreaction Monday for a reason. But when I look at the stats, what do I think Devin Lloyd is? Well, he's already got a couple of interceptions. I don't think he's going to end up with one per game. But... You know, maybe three, four, five a season. Okay. And then I'm like, he's eventually going to rush the passer. Four or five sacks a season. You know, a couple takeaways, a couple sacks from the middle linebacker spot. And then I find a guy with similar stats who's in the Hall of Fame. Oh. Now, I want to emphasize that on the field, this is the type of dude Devin Lloyd is. Off the field, I think Devin Lloyd's a better person. Are you going to give us Ray Ray? I'm going to give you Ray Lewis. That's my give me one thing. Wow. I think that's what so this guy's going to be. So you look at stat-wise, you think he could get those kind of stats. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there, man. Like, all the tackles are there, but Ray Lewis is giving you four or five interceptions a year, four or five sacks a year. Like, he, he showed he can be that guy. You know, the past breakups, like, early on, and again, with no acclimation period. Utah into an injured training camp, into three games into his career, and I'm like, I see it. By the way, like you say, like Ray Lewis, you feel Ray Lewis, right? Like he's that kind of from a heartbeat soul of the team standpoint. And he's Lloyd that. has a little bit of that in him, like in that sense. Like a different style, but that sense where you can feel the leadership yes. personality from that spot. So that's interesting. I mean, that is way too early, but I kind of love it. Um, I got to give me one thing real quick, and I'll just simply say, hey, is there any doubt? This guy in town, Trevor Lawrence, is the best in class from 2021 right now? There is no doubt. No doubt, and that's a good thing. It's that's a, a thing. really, really... Uh, good thing. Hey, uh, Mondays presented by Fields Auto Group from Monday morning madness. It started at 8 a.m. to Brent and Friends in an afternoon with Maurice Jones-Drew and Rasheen Mathis. You can always go back and listen on the podcast or YouTube. And now coming up next, it's overtime, Kurtz and Middleton. And then we'll see you at Sneakers in Jack's Beach, 7 o'clock for Jags Report Live with Jamal Agnew. That's on Fox 30. Oh, it's been a fun Monday. Let's do it again tomorrow. Everybody will be live at the Volley's House of Cards, 3 o'clock on Tuesday. Have a good night.